0: Welcome to The Culture Bar, a panel discussion podcast exploring, dissecting and shedding light on important topics in the arts and music world which matter to you. Welcome to Creative Iceland, a special The Culture Bar mini podcast series focusing on the creative scene in Iceland. I am Artna Margit Jónsotir from Harrison Parrot and I will be your host on this series where I will be speaking with fellow Icelanders about various topics related to the creative scene in Iceland. For this episode, we will explore cultural activities for children at concert venues, focusing on Harpa Concert Hall and Conference Center. We will go over the importance of children's culture, look into recent policy changes around children's cultural activities at subsidized concert venues, and learn about cultural activities for, with and by children taking place at Harpa. So uh, welcome Svanildur and Ingeborg, and thank you for joining me for this podcast. Thank can you. I please ask you to tell us a bit about yourself? Maybe we can start with you, Swan Hildur.
1: Yes, thank you. Uh, pleasure to be with you. Thank you for inviting me to take part. Um, so I'm, I'm the director of Harpa, Concert Hall and Conference Center. Uh, Harpa just uh, uh, celebrated its 10th anniversary last year, so it's a very young venue. Uh, I've been here for five years um, in my previous life before I came to Harpa. I was a Director of Culture and Tourism for the city of Reykjavik for about a decade. Uh, so I've been working in, in arts and culture for um,
0: 35 years, I guess. Wow, amazing. Thank you. And Inge Björk?
2: Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, I'm Inge Björk. I'm a musician, a workshop leader and the project manager for children's cultural events in Harpa Concert Hall. Um, I quite recently took that job but I've worked at Harpa concert hall for many years, uh, I'm a person with many hats and many projects so I've worked as a tour guide, I've done uh, music workshops for kids in Harpa and done quite uh, a lot of jobs there so I know that place pretty well <laughs> but now I took over this job and uh, my goal is to kind of uh, supervise and, and uh, help the children's cultural events in Harpa to be uh, in front, you know, to bring families in and and children to Harpa. But otherwise, I've just worked with children for many, many years, taught them in music schools, in workshops, and also I worked at the national radio and television for many years doing culture
0: podcasts like this one uh, for, for kids. Great, thank you. Um, I think we will just start off with um, one question about uh, how you would define children's culture and why do you think that cultural activities are important for children?
1: Wow, that's a a very important uh, and a big question. Well, I I think if if you just go to the, um, I think, uh, traditional or sort of accepted definition of children's culture, it's the threefold uh, part, isn't it? It's it's a like culture for children, um, with children and by children. Okay. So I, I think this is how we approach it, at least uh, in Harpa. Yeah. Uh, we have all kinds of events here that are for children and that's you know whether it's plays or concerts or or whatever that is uh, geared towards that group of, of audience. So children are there basically to 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 see and listen, but not to participate, and uh, then it's the part that is with children, um, and uh, that's what we have been moving more towards mm-hmm. in the last three to four years, mm-hmm. um, and then obviously uh, culture by children, when children are uh, the the doers, the executors, they are the the core, the key uh, participants in it. So. Um, that's how we approach it, at least here in Harpa, and, and for the second part of the question, whether it's important, it is incredibly important. Um, and uh, and maybe we will go into that a little bit later, why we here in Harpa are really putting it at the forefront and investing in um, educational and experimental, experiential
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: programming for children and families.
2: Mm-hmm. Just aside from being... Uh, a safe place to explore, to enjoy, to kind of express themselves. The culture is also just, you know, strengthening imagination. It gives them tools to that, you know, work in various social settings. And also like what we are working towards mostly is creating this quality time for families, for parents and children to bond and, and be active participants in, in culture together, to create, create memories.
1: Yeah. And I think also, I mean, what we try to do here is that we try as far as we possibly can to make these um, um, events or programming free of charge Mm -hmm. so that, you know, the threshold isn't that high. Of course, there are some events here in Harpa, whether it's sort of children's play or children's concerts that uh, have an admission fee. But but, uh, what the house is doing in its own name is more or less free of charge. Because we want to reach really the broader group, we want to reach uh, children who are perhaps at, more at the fringe, whether it's uh, immigrant children or children that are less advantaged, and this is an absolute key element in doing that.
0: Yes. Yeah, I think this threefolded definition, yeah, is really good, and it's really interesting to hear that you're kind of expanding for the for the children to with and by. Yeah. That's really exactly. really exciting. Um, So what role do you think concert venues, um, especially those that are subsidized, should play when it comes to cultural activities for children?
2: In my opinion, I think they should be an example, set an example for other venues, whether they are subsidized or not, to, to bring professionalism into the cultural environment. Because children, they feel if things are not at the standard, you know, that it should be professional artists should be involved, they should be working with, for, you know, with the children. So I think first and foremost, an example, setting a good example and being open mm. and accepted, just like Svante was talking about. Mm.
1: Uh, well, I mean, talking on behalf of a venue that is is subsidized, I think, well, before COVID, we would have something like 25% um, subsidy from our owners. We are owned by the state and uh, city of Reykjavik, state being a majority owner. So we're a public limited company. You know, We're not a, a cultural institution, so we're a public limited company, but with uh, 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 taxpayers' money. so we're owned by the public. And as such, I think um, a venue like Harpa uh, has uh, really, uh, great responsibilities uh, from my perspective, and this is how I have approached at least things since I came here, is that we have a duty to create um, value and worth, and that is uh, cultural worth, it's economical worth and value, and it's uh, societal. I mean, it's, it's the, the value for the society that, that we are a part of and we're a player in, and, and as I said, that we are owned by the nation, we're owned by the public. So for um, a house like Harpa or or similar concert halls that are owned partly or even totally by by the public, I think there is a, a, a huge responsibility to really address issues that um, engage children and, like I said earlier, you know, just sort of try and get rid of these thresholds and these barriers and and what is stopping children and their families to in from enjoying culture and and participating in culture. Uh, Mm. At least this is a responsibility we take quite seriously and and are, as I said, investing in uh, to be even more active and and more productive in in that area. And we feel that our owners, you know, sorry, we feel that our owners uh, are very supportive uh, of this uh, policy. We we sort of had a, a strategy based um, building in 2018-19 and, and children's culture and focus on families is very much a part of that. So um, so it's it's out there. I mean it's it's basically in our manifesto.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That this is what we want to do and need to do.
2: Because children are also you know part of our population. They are owners mm-hmm. of Harpa and, and and other subsidized concert venues. So they should have the stage. That's also something we're working towards, to give them the stage, to make them feel that
0: they own and are a part of Harpa. Yeah, Brilliant.
1: Absolutely,
0: yeah. yeah. Following up a bit on the policy and um, thinking about uh, has there been any official policy change in the past years when it comes to cultural activities for children at arts and cultural venues in Iceland, both kind of at the national and regional level?
1: Uh, um, without a doubt. Um, As I said, my my sort of uh, uh, background is uh, working for the city, Uh, I was a director of culture there and during my time there we've started the the Reykjavik Children's uh, uh, Culture Festival. That was the first uh, festival of of that kind in Iceland. That has now expanded both to other municipalities in the capital region and we see other local communities um, having their own children's festival. So that is really <clears throat> sort of uh, picking up. And uh, on, on the sort of uh, governmental level, there is definitely a policy shift because there has been a special fund been created. I think it has been in operation for the last three years or four years, but three years, four years. In the last few years, anyway, yep. the, the Children's yep. Culture Fund, where it's actually funding and you can apply once a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep project uh, that involves this sort of um, threefold perhaps approach that I mentioned earlier. It hasn't got a lot of money, but it's still uh, a huge difference from what it was before.
2: Mm. Also in, in just general, uh, Iceland has committed uh, to the Convention of the Rights for Children by the UN and in that way, uh, of course, arts and culture, they have their special you know, place in that uh, convention. but also just generally, people are trying to, t- when they're working with children, always putting that first, you know, where are we, well, how do I put this, um, how can we make this convention you know, stand in this project? Mm. So like when people are applying for the Children's Culture Fund by the government, they are using it uh, this, this convention as a part of their project to show how they are taking the children's rights uh, seriously.
1: Absolutely, and the yeah. rights,
2: rights for culture and, and education and everything else that follows.
1: Yeah, and, and just when you mentioned this, this is incredibly important uh, what you mentioned about the, the convention for the rights of the child that uh, in this special space that we opened here in Harpa um, earlier this year, uh, it's called um, Sound heavens. Right? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, something like that uh, in Icelandic. Uh, it's a beautiful space. And that is actually being inspired by that convention, by the, the rights of children to enjoy culture. And I think that's really, really beautiful. Um, so yeah, uh, that, that's a very important part.
0: Yeah. So maybe because you started uh, to talk a bit about what you were doing at the venue and you mentioned the Ljóðhymnar space, which I have been to with my two-year-old son and we really enjoyed it. Maybe if we can uh, just speak a bit about the activities that you're offering children at the venue and how they came about and how they have been received by the children.
1: If I begin very shortly about how it came about, and then I think Ingeberg Frida knows much more than I uh, about exactly what what's happening there on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it came about as a part of our tenth anniversary celebrations. I mean, we and and COVID, to be honest, uh, you know, COVID was incredibly challenging for us, like every venue in the world, I guess. Uh, but we didn't. Um, we were lucky in the sense that we didn't close the house. For more than five weeks during the whole period of two years so so that's really we've been fortunate in that sense and we've also been fortunate in that we have enjoyed the support of our owners um, in funding some capital projects in changing some key things on the ground floor in the foyer and also investing in in this space so um it started out as a small idea that was not supposed to cost much. <laughs> and it ended up being, well, a beautiful, much bigger and uh, integrated in, integrate idea um, and project. Um, and um, uh, we really see it as as the sort of crown jewel when it comes to children's culture in, in Harpa. Uh, but regarding the activities, Ingeberg, you should sort of, you know this.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, Hljóðimnar is open every day. So an interactive musical experimentation room for children and families. Uh, and uh, um, every, every member or every what do you say resident of Harpa has th- its own place in, in Joodhimna, so you can get to know the Icelandic opera, the Reykjavik Big Band, the Iceland Symphony Orchestra, and then uh, Maximus Musicus, this tiny musical mouse that lives in Harpa. He's lived with the symphony orchestra uh, in two venues now, first in, in the University Movie Theater and then he moved with them to Harpa. And this tiny mouse, it's it's a, he's a story, what you say, it's like a character in, in books by Hallfröðr Ólafsdóttir. She was the principal flute player in the Iceland Symphony Orchestra. Uh, she re- Passed away, but uh, Maximus Musicus lives on um, in, in everywhere, and we focus a lot on on him and what he does. And he's a very curious mouse. He goes around Harpa. He checks in on uh, rehearsals, and he's always there. And especially if children children are in Harpa, they can always listen for and 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 try to find him. And so we've created events around him, but then also. Just generally with the Reykjavik big band, with the opera, we are curating events uh, focused for children. So to kind of encourage them to make children's culture a part of their yearly programme. So for example, we did a a swing concert ball for children and families with the Reykjavik big band recently. Just children and parents dancing together, was beautiful. And then we have a a lullaby concert by the Icelandic Opera in the fall, Uh, the symphony orchestra, they do regular um, children hours where families are encouraged to come and and listen to music. And like um, Svante said, all of this is free of charge and we try to reach out and and advertise as well as we can just to bring in more more people. So Ljóðheimnar is always open, you can always come there and experiment uh, every day, regardless of events or not. Um, and then we, we have this programme uh, throughout the year, uh, mostly in the weekends, when we have uh, encouraged people to bring their children to Harpa.
1: So I, I think I should mention that uh, there was a group of fantastic, absolutely fantastic, well, I should say, they're all young women. I, I don't think uh, you know, I'm being unfair to say that. It's uh, young women, <laughs> fantastic young women, uh, in a group called Thiko, So they are really the, um, they, they have the credit for this, you know, for basically having the, the idea, the design, and um, uh, they sort of pulled together, along with uh, a great project manager from Harpa, who was working on it last year, pulled together these residents that Inkeberg is talking about. So it, it's, it's really connected to the core of, of Harpa. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a sustainable space in a sense that we do not have to have someone there all the time to receive the children and tell them what to do so they can really touch and and uh, move things around and have fun and also relax. So it's not sort of a a high voltage activity space, you know, and their inspiration, Teco, Teco is the design team's inspiration, um, in addition to using the the convention for the rights of the child is um, the ear. Mm -hmm. So it's anything from the inner ear, the eardrum out to, you know, all the different parts of the ear. So you have that sort of journey throughout the space and every item that you can uh, try and and experiment with is somehow a connection to the function of the ear. So it's a, it's a great, uh, clever, um, and inspiring concept that they used.
2: Also just as a music teacher, when I came in there for the first time, I saw hundreds of possibilities in music education. So I've been reaching out also to uh, the University of Arts and, 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 and the music teacher to com- community to introduce them to the space and how they can uh, you know, even create some projects in the school um, connected to Himnar or something that's in there and then they can bring the group to Harpa just on a school day when the house is not as busy, they can have, take their time and, and, you know, so it, it also kind of, kind of flows out into the community in this way.
0: Yeah, it's brilliant to hear how you're kind of yeah, getting the residents together and then, uh, as you mentioned, to also reach out to outside organizations to come in. So it's kind of creating a hub for mm-hmm. this scene in Harpa. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, just quickly, um, if you can talk a bit about the anniversary song for Harpa, because it was uh, a brilliant, uh, brilliant idea. So, thank you. uh, Yeah, if we can quickly discuss that and what that involved.
2: Yeah, it's like uh, Swenilde was saying. This started out so small and was supposed to be so so small and and you know cute and, and short, but ended up being a quite a big project. And uh, this song that you mentioned, I think the song and Ljóðhimnar, it talks to each other so well because it happened in the same year in COVID. And I was working on the song with my husband, who's also a a workshop leader and music teacher. Um, We were working on the song and Ljóðhimnar was being born in a similar time. So it's like the idea was there. We were just grabbing it in different ways. So the, the women that were designing him that they had a group of children starting out with them to experiment how would we like this space to be, and then they took the ideas and formed something professional. So a working relationship between the kids and professional artists. It's exactly the same way as we created this song, the anniversary song for um, Harpa. So we started out reaching out to kids um, who wants to take part in writing a new anniversary song for Harpa. And we focused on 10-year-old kids, kids that are the same age as Harpa. And we got a lot of applications. We chose a group of 10, 10 kids, 10-year-olds. And then we worked with them in workshops, me and, and Siggy, my husband, uh, creating ideas, you know, what do we like about Harpa? What is Harpa to you? Uh, what have you experienced? How would you describe it? And then we worked on lyrics. They were all musicians, kids, they were playing their instruments. They brought the instruments and we asked them to compose lines. They sent us the material. And then we, being you know, professionals in that uh, environment, took and puzzled together a song that we then brought again to them and they finished with us. Then we decided to go even bigger <laughs> and involve um, 70 or 80 other 10-year-old kids. So we reached out to a, a, a band, like a brass, brass band, uh, choirs, and uh, brought together a group of 80 kids that performed, recorded and performed the song together. And then we did a whole music video and released it on the anniversary of Harpa. In May of last year, so really? I think, yeah, yeah the, the song and Shield was, Him it was designed in a similar way at the same, same time. So it was just like the idea was waiting there to be, you
0: know, collected and, and used. And this song, I believe, you won an award for this,
1: <laughs> yeah, project. yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, we, we, we got a
1: marketing award, surprisingly.
2: <laughs> advertising and marketing award, <laughs>
1: it was quite surreal. So it was, I mean, Yeah, I, I know just, just to mention that with the, with the anniversary year, of course, we wanted to do all kinds of things and sort of big events and whatever, but COVID always stopped us in our tracks. So it was so beautiful to have a project like this that would sort of just blossom and, and you could really share the joy, you know, and, and the celebration by um, recording this and, and sharing it on our social media and so forth. Um, and um, yeah, it's, it's one of the anniversary, we got beautiful gifts uh, for our anniversary, but this is one of the gifts that I think um, I'm most fondest of, you know.
2: Yeah. The best part for us working there was that the building was totally empty for uh, a lot of the time when we were working on it. So we could really give the kids the whole stage, we could give them the whole building just to kind of spread out and, and do a nice music videos and so on. So it was like a, a lucky thing and an, an unlucky situation.
0: <laughs> Brilliant. Um, thinking, uh, maybe looking at also other venues, um, do you think that concert venues are general accessible and inviting for children and families? Um, and yeah, if they could perhaps be more forward thinking and progressive when it comes to programming cultural activities for children?
1: Well, I I think um, it's very difficult to generalize in this because you have absolutely wonderful venues that are uh, top of the range, very ambitious. They have got educational programming and all kinds of children and, and, uh, you know, programming for young children and uh, for children and young adults, let's put it this way. uh, I can mention Alfil Philharmonie as uh, as an example. I, I've been there several times and have met with the people who are in charge of their um, educational programming, and it's fantastic. I mean, the facilities are great, and is very much at, it's very much a, a high priority thing in in how they operate. And I could mention some others as well. But then you get other venues that are perhaps older and more traditional. Uh, and they are not focused as much on this part. Um, They are more set in their ways, you know, there are other priorities. But I have to say though, because Harpa is, and I am on behalf of Harpa, a member of, uh, well, really three networks, two networks and sort of a semi-member of the third. And and, um, it's the Nordic Concertus Road, it's like a network of the Nordic houses. It's a family of halls, which is an international network of venues that have been uh, acoustically designed by Artec, now Arup. And that's an interesting network because it it connects uh, houses from, as I said, all over the world. And then we are um, very good friends with ECHO, you know, the European Concert Hall um, organization. And what I have heard and sensed in in all these uh, different, on all these different platforms is recognition uh, and the need to really develop in this direction you know the audience development to to really be progressive to be open uh, incorporate new technology because you need to be relevant you need to be relevant for these young new audiences otherwise you die you know and there's been I think a long-standing uh, worry that classical music has has got a bit of a problem. It seemed like they predicted the death of the book. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but you need to innovate. You need to be on your toes and open, as I said, and, and uh, brave um, to to always be relevant to the young people that are coming up. So it's a long answer to say <laughs> some, some, some are really with it and on it, and some are not. But those who are not, they need to be. And I think they, they recognize it, most of them.
0: Yes. And um, just to sum up, kind of, and uh, I'm going to have one final question for you. Um, if you, you maybe touched a bit upon it during the conversation, but if you can share your future vision on cultural activities for children at Tarpa, and kind of then what steps need to be taken to achieve that?
1: Well... Um... <laughs> From my point of view, and, and this is what we've been working towards, I want Harpa to be uh, not on the top ten list, but on the top three list, you know, top of mind when when families think of what are we going to do this weekend, you know, how do we want to spend our precious time that we have together, where are we going to go? And I want Harpa to be obviously number one, mm-hmm. but to be, to be realistic, uh, at least top three. Mm-hmm. So, um so we mentioned earlier the importance that Inge Trida said, you know, that these young children, they they have the sense that Harpa is their house, that they have an ownership. Mm-hmm. And just to see these really small children, like the kindergarten kids come here mm-hmm. and, and how happy they are. And then you see them maybe two years later and they say, you know, they're like at home. Mm-hmm. They they recognize that so they know the building more or less. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that is uh, really rewarding. And then they... Then they are relaxed, they, they, you know, feel comfortable. And uh, when they get a bit older, perhaps develop a sense of, of pride uh, mm-hmm. in owning, you know, being a part of, of the ownership of this okay. building. Mm-hmm. So uh, we want to expand. This is why Ingebir is we just created this sort of uh, new job, did that a few months ago. And that's something that I want to see. As a, an integral part of what we do here in Harpa in our own programming,
2: I agree. <laughs> There's <laughs> not much to add to this. Just you know, to make yeah. them feel that they can come to Harpa and safely express themselves within the walls of Harpa, that they are heard, that they are seen, and then as they grow, you know, that Harpa will, you know be a part of their lives maybe you know they get married in Harpa maybe they you know I don't know come if they if they want to give somebody the gift of music they will choose a concert in Harpa and and give that as a birthday present and you know that Harpa will follow people from young age and and up.
0: Thank you so much for participating in this conversation a lot of really great uh, ideas and uh, it's been brilliant to hear what you've been doing at Harpa and I wish you all the best with everything going forward. Thank, Thank you so you. much.
1: Thank you, it's been a pleasure.
0: Svanhildur Konláðsdóttir is the director of Harpa Concert Hall and Conference Center in Reykjavík, Iceland. She has over 20 years of successful experience in the cultural sector in Iceland and abroad. In recent years, Svanhildur was the director of culture and tourism of Reykjavík, responsible for Reykjavik's city cultural, artistic and tourism activities. Svanhildur's background is in culture, journalism and media and she is the author of two books. Ingeborg Frida Helgadóttir is a musician, creative workshop leader and children's culture project manager at Harpa Concert Hall and Conference Center. She has diverse education and experience in various fields of music and a degree in creative music communication from the Iceland University of the Arts. In the last years she has focused on children's culture, creating and hosting cultural podcasts for children and families at the Icelandic national television and radio, teaching and performing music to and for children, and leading music improv and composition workshop in various settings. Thank you for listening to the Culture Park Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating and a review.